The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I want to uh, continue from uh, this morning's words on virya, and this Pali term that uh, has multiple translations, and I've been using this word energy uh, for today. Um, but I want to offer kind of some multiple translations of this word virya that shows up a lot in the Buddha's teachings. Um, and you'll get a flavor because there is a range of what this word is pointing to. Um, the English translation of Averia includes vigor, energy, effort, strength. And I'll bring in some Chinese translations for this because I, I tend to like some of the translations there too. And um, they can mean vitality, uh, energy, diligence. As you can see, this word actually has a whole spectrum to it and kind of a cover a whole different territory. And, and this word uh, shows up uh, in a number of um, lists that usually are related to how we practice so you can think of this word virya as really related to how we practice. Um, the energy, how we channel our energy in our practice, how we maintain, sustain the practice energetically. And, um, and so it's not surprising that our dharma practice is an energetic endeavor. And we can't just, you know, sit and wait for things to happen. It is energetic uh, kind of um, uh, engagement. And so in this talk, I'm going to use the word um, energy more than other words, uh, partly because energy uh, feels more embodied. And the way that the practice unfolds so much of it is through an embodied way to allow our practice unfold. And effort, for example, on the other end, in, in my mind, tends to be associated of some sort of control tower trying to drive something, you know, and make something happen. And, and there, is a, there is a role for that, too, at times. Um, but so much of the practice has to do with um, a sense of allowing the embodied, embodied wisdom to unfold. Um, so each of us, in a way, we're kind of a bundles of energies. And our life energies are used for all kinds of activities in our lives, you know, whether it's our work and taking care of a family, uh, being in relationships, and even thinking takes a lot of energy. I think of those of us you know, who tends to think a lot, at some point will notice, wow, this, is, this consumes a lot of energy in our system. And without some conscious um, 
relationship with、um, the energy in our system. Oftentimes, we can live our lives、um, with kind of default set of patterns. Uh, automatic patterns and Ajahn Suchito,、uh, one of the、uh, well-known monastic teachers in our scene,、uh, calls that we have a drive and crash programs. <laughs> It happens in our lives. You know, we're very busy and driven, and we do a bunch of things, and then we crash for. I don't know for a night or for a week, and you know, however long. But we tend to go with that kind of a default programming, and that's in us. So much of、um, our Dharma practice、um, is to begin to cultivate、um, an, an energetic engagement that allow us to no longer be driven by this automatic programs. Driving crash programs—that's kind of in us. And、uh, what's very, very interesting about the cultivation of、uh, an energy is that often in all of these lists,、uh, energy precedes by wisdom, or clear seeing, or discernment. And so, in this way.、Um, Wisdom and energy tends to come together、uh, in order for us to begin to have、uh, to allow、uh, the energetic、um, way of unfolding to support、uh, long-term well-being for ourselves. And so today, I、uh, want to say a few words about how we cultivate、um, virya energy wisely. Um, the first one is maybe somewhat of an obvious one, and that is to become aware of our energetic being, our energy system、uh, in ourselves, and that's the function of a mindfulness: being aware of the energy movements in ourselves. There are often different energy patterns associated with different.、Um, Embodied activities and mental activities, and for example,、um, if you find yourself to be annoyed a lot, this is not right. That is wrong, and you know I should be somewhat something else. And and there's all this inner narrative come、uh, in us. If you kind of pay attention to the energetic feel of it, what does this feel like when you're very complaining or? Um, annoyed a lot of times tends to be very draining. It's kind of like sinking kind of a feeling in us, right? And then we can kind of get to know. Oh wow, this is kind of a,、uh, the energy associated with、um, being annoyed or complaining, and、um, I can get to know that. And on the other hand.、Um, Uh, if um, you're uh, out in nature, taking a walk, or being in the garden, or doing something、uh, uplifting, taking care of a community, doing something for the family and、uh, for yourself,、uh, without kind of a lot of pressure, you know, to have to get get anywhere, 
if you tune in to the energetic field of your being, how do you feel? Oftentimes it can be kind of quite alive. You, know, you feel kind of energized, refreshed, uh, rather than being drained. And so there is all these different kind of energy patterns that can be uh, coursing through us. Part of this becoming wise about energy, the first thing is to begin to aware of this different kind of energy patterns that exist in us. Getting to know it. Becoming mindful of it. And once we're mindful of it, and the second aspect of um, working with um, the energy is to begin to allow um, the wisdom to naturally arise um, by being in tune, attuned with the energy body. And there is a lot of embodied wisdom that can be um, uh, uh, can reveal themselves if we allow that uh, to be with us. Oftentimes, uh, we can have a sort of our control center, you know, mind to, to direct the show that you know I should be having this, I should not be having that. But um, there is a lot of wisdom uh, when the energy coursing through us, if we can trust that. And there can be an intuitive kind of um, wisdom arise from this. And so one form of this wisdom has to do with the capacity to discern what is wholesome, skillful, and versus what is unwholesome and unskillful. And maybe I'll use somewhat of a trivial example for this, and that I remember some a number of years ago that I was um, uh, watching a, a very young kid, kind of like, I don't know, um, four or five-year-old. It was very clear that this kid had told a lie. Um, but I wasn't going to pop the bubble. <laughs> I wasn't going to just <laughs> somehow go fix him up. But I was just observing him. And I saw him was kind of almost as if he was walking in circles in a small space. And I was very uncomfortable, kind of some sort of energy trapped inside of him. And... Um, it was just this. Uh, his facial ex- expression, that the body posture, it feels like something is twisted inside. And at some point, he came to me, and uh, and so we just stood there, and then um, and and he told me, uh, "I lied." Just the moment he said that. That whole trapped energy is just like <laughs> released, and um, that was quite a powerful moment for me to to see this. It was like a, you know, there is something inside of us that we knew um, how to release and how to um, um, how we might kind of be trapped in there. And I, I figured if I were somehow, you know, getting ahead of myself, try to kind of fix him up <laughs> early, this release probably wouldn't have happened. 
And so the same way that this uh, can work within us, and so we can begin to discern and those patterns that uh, tends to trap ourselves versus the patterns that allow a form of a release to happen. And that, can, that is a sort of a, a, a gradual form of training and learning and keen observation in terms of what, um, what might be happening within us. But that something can be cultivated and over time, when we begin to be more and more attuned with this, we can allow our energy to then move towards um, uh, the ap- aspects of ourselves that um, we find a freedom in. We find a sense of a well-being. Um, maybe I'll end by saying that a lot of our Dharma practice in some ways is uh, to cultivate a deeper and deeper sensitivity uh, to the activities, the energy of a dukkha versus energy of non-dukkha. And so th- the more we become attuned, the more our system will naturally know where to go. We don't like to be trapped in agitation or pain. And the system has a very natural unfolding if we allow it to happen. And so those are some reflections I have about um, energy uh, and an embodied wisdom that comes from uh, the energy systems within us. So we are going to shift gear. I'm going to stop recording here.